You're waking up with Pat and Tom. New Country 105.1. So I went to uh, William Jessup's baseball opener on Friday, and I saw something I never thought I'd see in college baseball. Their starting pitcher for the second game was a doubleheader. Is a guy that lives in Hawaii. He takes online classes, the bare minimum, to be a full-time student at Jessup. He works for Hawaiian Airlines. He flies in on Thursday, pitches a game on Friday, and then flies out. No. For, for real. He's, what? He's 31. He's married. He's got a kid. That's like a national news type story. Are you kidding I, me? I looked at this and went, first of all, is this legal? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I guess if you're an NCAA athlete, you have, from the time you graduate, you have six years to finish your four years of eligibility. If you're an NAIA school, you got the rest of your life to fill in those four years. So you could be 90 if you've got a year of eligibility and can still play. They'll take you. So my hoop dreams could still come true at William Jessup. Yes. Or any other NAIA school. Seriously, that that is like... Are you kidding me? The thing I like about him, does he practice with the team ever? No. He lives in Hawaii. (laughs) So he doesn't even fly out to do... Wow. I guess he played at Menlo College and he knew the coaches. See, you go to Jessup's roster, they have 31 players. Only four of them have come through Jessup's system. The other 27 are transfers from either junior colleges or four other four-year schools. That's because the reputation of the coaches that they just got in the past year or so. They're that good. But I I was liking the guy a lot because... He looked like a guy throwing a wiffle ball game in the backyard. His change-ups and off-speed stuff, it was like, here it comes. You can, he telegraphs it. You can tell it's coming. You still can't hit it. Like Bugs Bunny throwing a pitch? Kind of, yeah. yeah. And then he's got a decent fastball. And when he came out of the game, I was like, I was, I was getting piece by piece all this information. I thought, this isn't right. And I could see his wife because she had the jersey on with his last name on it. And they've got like a two-year-old kid. But when he came around and he kind of got down low like this and he was looking at his boy... And he got this big grin, and the kid just, like, put his arms out, and his grin from ear to ear. I thought, that is a joyous moment right there, this great father-son moment. Oh, that whole, that's a great story. I think so, too. Oh, my God. That is so cool. Uh, what, 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 uh, what, what's the next Thursday that he pitches? Well, no, he flies in on Thursday, pitches on Friday. Oh, okay. So I go check their schedule. But the next, they play in Lincoln, even though the school's in Rockland, they play at McBean Park. Which is a great, uh, it's a great facility. If you got a Friday afternoon and they're playing at home, go watch him. He won't throw on Saturday, but he'll throw on Friday because they have Friday and Saturday games. Still kind of chuckling about our, we had a really nice luncheon on Friday. It's our post-holiday get-together that we always do a- Tony, annually. you missed all the giveaways. I did. Yeah, what happened to you? Okay, first of all, <laughs> I knew that this, it was, was going on. This was a mandatory on luncheon for all employees. From 12 to 3, till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I thought I had time. I wasn't feeling well after the show, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling very fatigued. So I did a little bit of work that I had to get done. And then I went home and I was like, I need to lay down for a half hour, which I did. And I passed out for a full half hour. My alarm went off. And then I thought, you know what, because... There wasn't going to be any booze there. I stopped at a brewery that was right up the street from my place. And I was like, I have plenty of time. The, the, the luncheon goes until 3 o'clock. Yeah. Was there and food left when you got there? There was, yes, which I didn't even have any because people started leaving. And I felt awkward at that point. And we were all going different places to hang out afterwards. Didn't want to be figured. the only one eating. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I I mean, the email even said, come as you please if you want to come late. And I just figured other people would. I was the only one that showed up late. And you were, yeah, yeah. And well, I felt super awkward about it, but nobody there was, was. There was one guy who maybe on our staff, my, maybe the guy that works nights. I mean, you're at Arden Hills Country Club. 
Uh-huh. Right? So very, gotta, very nice. you got to dress up a little bit. He shows up in a hoodie. He looked like Bill Belichick at the prom. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my defense, at least I had a blazer and stuff No, you on, look good. So, thank well, you. What is the one thing that, that Pat and I, because you, you, doing this, you get asked to, to host different events, and what's the one thing that is, like, always, that all these events, when we host them, they have in common? And, you know, because you go out and you host like a, a, a crab feed or a silent auction or what? There's always what? I've done stuff for feet for different organizations. Yeah. So is Tom, you're in your. We love going out and doing this stuff. Happy to do it. There is always one thing you're going to be asked to do announcements? Read or? raffle numbers. Oh. Right? <laughs> right? So what were we asked to do at our own company luncheon? We were tapped to do what? <laughs> Read raffle numbers. That's yep. it. Our nice. boss came up and said, hey, guys, would you just, it would really, could you just, and I, honestly, in, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, he, he's going to say something nice about the air staff. He's going to bring us up there because the other morning shows were brought up, too, and I, oh, they're going to do something special for us because it doesn't happen very often. And then we get up there, and he goes, would you guys read the raffle numbers for us? Well, okay. <laughs> Can I be honest with you guys? That wasn't the best part. The best part is he played right into the hands of any other organization that we go out and do these things for. Uh-huh. They want to over-explain your job when you've done it 10,000 <laughs> times. 10,000 times before. Okay. So when you get up there, you get to check it and you read the note. Okay, I'll try to remember that. Thanks. We do have a big game party coming up this Sunday that Cody's going to host at the Field House, which is at Fulton and Hurley. And I can't wait. And every quarter, there's a prize pack that's given away with Nashville and the neighborhood tickets and Six Flags tickets. Oh, that's awesome. Is there information on our website? There sure is. KNCIFM.com. I got to do it last year. That place is a lot of fun. So again, it's the Field House and, and hope you can make it this Sunday. With that in mind, the Patriots, here they come again. And I don't know if it's because they're just such a good team or it's just you, you see them again that you get kind of, it's Patriot fatigue. For yeah. me, it is. Well, yeah. for everyone. I think. So I don't know if you're pulling for the Rams or not, but they're underdogs. Patriots expected to win. So we went to Alexa, and she wouldn't predict a winner, but she did have a couple of jokes. Alexa, tell me a Los Angeles Rams joke. Why don't the Los Angeles Rams have phones? Because they receive no calls. That actually probably would work better for the Saints. But then we won it for equal time. Yeah. yeah. Alexa, tell me a Tom Brady joke. Why did Jimmy Garoppolo cross the road? To make way for Tom Brady's ego. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, Cody, how'd you like your escape room? I loved it. I liked it so much more than I thought I would. It was honestly fantastic. It was in Chambered, which is on, is it on Arden? Yes, it's on Arden. It's kind of tucked back behind a shopping center, but... And you pointed out, USA Today rated it in its top 10 escape rooms in the country. It's yes. like number two or three or something like that. Yes, and I mean, it was like a set. Like, it felt like we were on a movie set. The puzzles are way more, I guess, high-tech is the word I'm looking for than I thought they would be. It just, we really had a good time. I would do it again. As a matter of fact, we want to go back next month and do one of the other rooms. Knowing Pat and I as well as you do now, would we enjoy it? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I, w- I wish that we could get together maybe a staff outing and do it together, if mm-hmm. you guys would be interested. I think you would really like it. I really do. So we would be locked in a room for an hour with other people we work with. <laughs> okay, yeah. Actually, that out. sounds like my that nightmare. That sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> New Country, 105.1. Tom's Hot Nashville Minute. Cody. 
Randy Hausler is already off to a great year. Just a couple of weeks ago, he dropped his album Magnolia. And yesterday, he took to Instagram to announce that he and his wife, Tatiana, are expecting their first child together. He shared an adorable photo of them with leather, leather jackets saying Daddy and Mama Hauser. And yes, their adorable golden doodle was also included. He encaptioned it. Man, has it been hard to keep the secret because we are so excited. We're pregnant. Baby Hauser is coming in June. Congrats to the couple. Heck, I'm an honor for Jake Owen this past Saturday at the annual St. Jude Hospital Country Cares event in Memphis. Jake was honored with the St. Jude Angels Among Us Award for his 13 years of consistent participation with the hospital. Jake is a familiar face there. He drops in regularly to visit patients and their families, sometimes puts on impromptu concerts, and he hosts a concert every year in his hometown of Vero Beach, Florida, with all proceeds going to St. Jude. Trailer for Shania Twain's acting debut is out. She's in a movie with John Travolta called Trading Paint. She's actually pretty good. It premieres February 22nd. You want to check out the trailer. It's on our website at KNCIFM.com. Have you ever lost your luggage? Maybe an airline's lost it, but have you lost it? Well, that happened to Luke Bryan over the weekend. We're in Mexico, heading to Hawaii, and Doc pulls out of the uh, pulls out of the resort. The hatch, the hatch opens. <laughs> All our bags fell in the highway. How you doing, Doc? We're telling you all weekend that there's something very simple, very simple that you could do to help out somebody, and here we go. Yeah, late last week we were contacted on Twitter by a lady named Suzanne who has an idea for the son of a friend of hers. So we asked her to call in, and Suzanne, the young, the young man's name is Jordan, and he's having a birthday. He's turning 30 on um, February 14th, Valentine's Day. And he is legally blind and autistic. And he has a twin brother who passed away. And he's been really missing his twin and trying to do a birthday card drive to get mail to him because he loves getting mail from people. He's trying to just brighten up his life and trying to do this birthday card drive. So let's do it. We're going to post this address on our Facebook, on all our social media platforms. But I'll pass it along right now. It's uh, Jordan Freeman. And it's in care of uh, a group called Able Kids. And the address is 881 Embarcadero Drive, Suite 1, El Dorado Hills. And the zip is at 95762. And it's simple. It doesn't even have to be a birthday card, per mm-hmm. se. You could write him a note, just a birthday note or something to let him know that you're, you're thinking about him. This is a young man that uh, has, is facing, has faced his entire life and still continues to face several challenges. Imagine being blind and autistic. And what's your life like? So to get this mail for his birthday, especially after losing his twin, yeah. pretty big deal. So please go to our Facebook page or Twitter, Instagram, whatever, um, and, and look for the address and then uh, send a card off to him. It would be so cool if he's just inundated with cards come Valentine's Day. And we are about to talk about something that Cody would rather we didn't talk about. Yeah. Didn't Why? realize that you are a, a huge fan, like like an Uber fan of this Antique Roadshow. Oh, yeah. My brother and I, when we were kids, I don't know why, but we were obsessed with Antique Roadshow. And I had applied for tickets. So now that we're broadcasting it to all of Sacramento, everyone's going to go and apply <laughs> for tickets. And that's going to lessen my chances of getting selected. And that's it. When we were talking about doing this uh, a little bit earlier, Cody's like, do we really have to? Because I really want tickets and I don't I want, want anyone. so bad. <laughs> so if somebody gets selected and you don't have anyone to go with, hi, I will legitimately go with you. This is one of only six stops they're making for this upcoming season. The stop here in Sacramento at the Crocker Art Museum is May the 13th. That's okay. a couple days after Country in the Park, so it's a Monday. And you just bring your old stuff in, and they tell you whether it's worth anything or not. So if you've got something sitting around the house in your garage or something that you've always had, or maybe your relatives do, they thought, gosh, we, I bet that's really valuable. 
Let's go. And, and here are a few factors from their website to consider before bringing it down. Uh, were there how many were made? Okay, that's that's for starters. Yeah, definitely. Um, how many original pieces are left? That's another one. Uh, what's its overall condition? That's kind of obvious. How in demand is it? And what is its authenticity? Is it an original? Right. And I would think living here, you know, with, with the, the gold country and the foothills and stuff, I'll bet there's a lot of really cool stuff that people are going to be bringing out. Dawn from Sacramento says she has a spinning wheel from the Civil War. Ooh. Whoa. Now that, if it's in decent condition, that's going to bring a lot of money. What is your, what's the oldest thing you think you have in your possession? Um, probably, my grandmother collected Indian head pennies, but I think there were a lot of them made. I've got one from 1886. That's probably the oldest thing. That's and I've so already cool. looked it up online, and maybe we're 25 bucks, so I'm staying home. Check this out. <laughs> Pamela has a 1789 embroidered man's wallet. There was one in here on this thread where they had a snuff box from the era of Louis the Fourteenth, from over in, I think, France. And uh, one of the things with that, something like that, according to the Antique Roadshow website, if it belonged to any kind of royalty or was from that era, uh, that kind of a tribute to royalty or whatever, automatically those things are really valuable. And then I... Emily Sampson, bless your heart, you young lady. Her, her oldest possession is her 1981 Chevy pickup. <laughs> Go see Kalewood. It wasn't so much that a guy in Roseville lost his job. It's how it happened. Tyler, leave his last name out of this, was working his regular shift at Best Buy in Roseville. So one near the Galleria? Yeah, right across oh, the street from oh, the okay. Galleria. When he saw a suspicious man walking around looking in cars in the parking lot, so he contacted the Placer County Sheriff's Department. Two deputies showed up and approached the man. The man punched one of the deputies in the face and then took off on foot, and that's when Tyler acted. He ran out of Best Buy, ran after the guy, caught him, tackled him, restrained him so the deputies could cuff him and take him away. And it turns out that that guy was wanted in a, on a felony warrant in Nevada. So the Tyler hero, right? Absolutely. Yeah. This happened on January the 11th. Yeah. This past Friday, Tyler was fired from his job at Best Buy, and here's why. A statement from Best Buy reads, Employees are not to chase potential criminals outside of the store. Chasing an individual in the parking lot creates a safety risk that isn't worth taking, regardless of how noble an employee's intention is. Placer County Sheriff's weighed in on this. They were grateful for what Tyler did. Lieutenant Scott said, quote, We don't want to see somebody get hurt. Our deputies are trained to deal with situations like this. End of quote. So you put an interstate felon behind bars, and you get fired. And I understand the policy, and I do understand the thinking that you do that, you put your customers in jeopardy, you put right. people in the parking lot in jeopardy. But can't you but aren't make an yeah. exception? Aren't people in jeopardy as that guy is still free and running away and in a panicked situation, and you don't know what he's going to do, and you don't know what he's carrying with him? At that moment, right. that guy did absolutely the right thing. I would want but that the guy, guy. You're right, Tom. That guy could have had a gun. You don't know in, in that instant, and sometimes. He could have turned around and opened fire and, and hit somebody else in the parking lot. It was just in this getting out of the car. It wouldn't even be a surprise. And, and for that guy to. I, if anybody is looking for a good employee, somebody who's got some character. Tyler's your guy. No kidding. I mean, seriously. We should put him in our sales department or somewhere in this building, although he might be too good for us. <laughs> True. Because I'm not sacrificing my life but, for anyone here. Honestly, I hope the Best Buy reconsiders 
that final decision. I, and I wouldn't mind if he were, you know, reprimanded in some way, maybe suspended without pay for a couple of days or whatever. But to, to fire him outright for for stepping up, it, it, especially nowadays when if too many people don't step up, don't get involved because yeah. they're afraid of the repercussions. I understand zero tolerance. I don't fault Best Buy at all. In fact, I love that store. I don't fault them at all for their policy. It's just that when there's no wiggle room, especially for somebody who did the right thing, if you know, like I know what my parents would do if I'd done something that turned out well, but I put myself in jeopardy, I probably would have gotten back in the day spanked, right? A talking to, but then also a pat on the head and say, look, your heart's in the right place. Don't ever lose that. Yeah. And I hope that Tyler doesn't lose that ever. Exactly. And I hope it's an inspiration for the rest of us to go, maybe. Once in a while, you know, you, you don't run out there and do that, but but try to do the right thing. There, this isn't like, life isn't non-participation. Sometimes you have to get involved. And in that right. instance, he, he, he did, to me, he did the right thing. New Country 105.1. Here's what's trending. I love this story. A man in Tucson credits Michael Scott from The Office for helping him save an unconscious woman with CPR. He even shares the same last name, Chris Scott. He's a technician at an auto body shop. He was test driving customers car when he saw a sedan drifting along the side of the road with the hazard lights on. So he pulled over and noticed a woman slumped over the wheel. Being without a cell phone, he ended up breaking her window and checking her pulse, realizing that she needs CPR. He remembered the hilarious scene from The Office where they were taught to do CPR to the BGs staying alive. He didn't have any other prior experience performing CPR and he ended up saving her life. That's the same thing that guy did with the squirrel right. like a few months ago. I was just going to say, I know I've heard this story before, but yeah, so this scene has gone a long way in helping people save lives. Wait, some, dude, a squirrel. some dude saved a squirrel with yeah, like, like three months we ago. About this. Yeah, we yeah. Did. And then as soon as the squirrel like came to, it just started away. Like, not a thank you, nothing. <laughs> I was hoping that you would remember that because I'm like, I know I've heard this story before. And then it's it, it's the the the, the pumps yeah. on the chest are too... Yes, to BG staying alive. Okay. Uh, this isn't trending yet, but with your help it will be. There is a young man in El Dorado Hills who's having a birthday on February 14th. Jordan Freeman is 30. He just lost his twin brother. Jordan is autistic and he's blind. To boost his spirits, a family friend named Suzanne got a hold of us to see if you, our audience, could uh, start a birthday card drive for him. He loves getting mail from people. He's trying to just brighten up his life and trying to do this birthday card drive. For the address, please check out one of our Facebook pages or Twitter, and let's get this young man a mountain of mail by his birthday. Did you ever do a science fair project when you were in school? Ace Davis, fifth grader, Lexington, Kentucky, entered his school science fair last week. His science project is New England's quarterback, Tom Brady, a cheater. And Ace had a big three-fold poster board with his hypothesis, his paragraphs of research, pictures to back his finding, and his conclusion, quote, The Patriots were found guilty of doctoring footballs, thus losing $1 million in future draft picks. Tom Brady is indeed a cheater. So whether you agree with it or not, here's the conclusion. He won. No. Ace won his, <laughs> his cool science fair, and now he's on to the district finals. Coming up. Pat and Tom. New Country 105.1.